Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Thanks for joining me this morning. It is uh, nine minutes after nine o'clock. I'm Andy, and uh, it's great to be here today. It is election day, so get out and vote if you haven't already mailed in your ballots. You can't mail it now. It'll be too late. You had to have it postmarked yesterday, but you can still drop it off at uh, your local city uh, offices or at any library here in Washington County. Let your voice be heard by voting. Uh, it is uh, it is Tuesday. It's the fifth day of November, and uh, some of those things are really significant. The date is that we're talking about timelines because coming up up is the 2020 U.S. Census, and I have Coralise, I'm going to say, because I can't say her name correctly, Coralise Ruiz? Ruiz. It's okay. <laughs> Coralise Ruiz from the Census Bureau here in the state of Utah. Good morning, Andy, and thank you so much for having us here. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, this uh, uh, We had one of your associates talk uh, at, a, at a recent uh, Chamber of Commerce luncheon, and uh, she gave me your number, and basically we got hooked up. And got, got I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the U.S. Census and uh, what effect it has on on us, uh, what it means to us, some of the questions that we're going to have. But let's start off by talking about employment opportunities because there are some really good ones coming up with the U.S. Census. You guys are looking to hire some people. You need some help. Yes, we are looking to hire at least 4,000 people here in the city of Utah. For Washington County is around 1,000 people that we're looking to hire. And we're looking for all those folks that want to have a part-time job or maybe a full-time job, but they want to have a flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about retirees. We're talking about students, stay-at-home parents. uh, We're talking about people that want a side gig besides their full-time or part-time jobs. So uh, the pay rates are from $13 an hour to $17 an hour. And what's really fun about um, working for the census is that you get the chance to be part of history and Mm -hmm. also uh, help your community and shape the future of your community. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really fun. And the thing that kind of perked my ears up right right at the beginning was the pay's pretty good. I, you know, I have uh, I have a couple of teenage daughters, and uh, if they're they're making you know minimum wage around mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine bucks an hour. If they you know if they have a really good job, they're making about nine bucks an hour. And you're talking about. Uh, really very competitive, almost living wages, at, starting at 13 bucks an hour up to $17 an hour. And, uh, folks, if you're looking for a job uh, in St. George that pays well, uh, like you said, that you can be a part of history, you can be a part of your neighborhood, a part of your, you know, part of the, the, the family feel of St. George, this is, a, this is a great opportunity. Oh, yeah, it is. And um, it's super easy to apply. You can just go to 2020census.gov slash jobs. You don't need a resume. You just need to go in, fill out the application. If you're interested in supervisory uh, positions, you can also do that. But there's no need to go through this long forms of creating your resume you just answer the questions then you are instantly in the pool of our applicants you're going to get then an email saying that you are in that pool and it's really important for people to know that we're going to start calling them on december because these jobs start in january of 2020 so it's really important for them to apply now we have several operations going on the one that we just completed was address canvassing which is when people go and verify addresses and we Mm -hmm. already completed that in the state of utah but next year we're going to have several different operations and we need those people that want to be part of history helping us next year and this could be their first job or this just could be a side gig or 
anything that they want to do of this. Maybe they need some money for vacation or they're just really interested in helping their community. So we encourage them to apply now, today, and just be part of helping us count everybody in Utah. What's the website they can go to to fill out that form you're talking about? 2020census.gov slash jobs. 2020census.gov, G-O-V, mm-hmm. slash jobs. Yes. So simple. So yeah. simple to do. Now, you talked about it being flexible. What does that mean? Does that mean, say, I have a full t- I do have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Say I wanted to help out and be a part of things. Is it, is it something I could do in the evenings or in the afternoons or what? Definitely. When you go to the website and apply, mm-hmm. you are going to be asked if you want to work on weekdays, on evenings, or at night. And they're also going to ask if you can work during the weekend. And they ask you how many hours you want to work. So mm-hmm. let's say you have a full time and you're like, hey, I just want to work on the weekends, uh, yeah. four hours each day. So you say that you want to work on the weekends, eight hours a week. Um, and depending on how people have their uh, schedules, maybe a stay-at-home parent they just want to work um, maybe 15 hours a week because mm-hmm. they can do Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays uh, in the mornings, in the afternoons. So it's really nice that you have the chance to uh, put the hours that you can work and also the days that you're available, which, I mean, not every part-time offers that. Um, and these are temporary jobs. And it's an amazing opportunity to have on your resume because yeah. you will be part of the second bi- biggest uh, operation in the United States. Oh, wow. That's that's really cool. Now, how long will these jobs last? You say they start in January, some of them. Uh, how long will they last? A couple of months, three months, five months, six months? They could last a couple of months. They could last a month. It depends on how long the operation is. If you start working in January, maybe you'll have the opportunity to work all throughout the uh the operations until july and what's really cool also is that you're going to get paid for training too and you're going to get paid weekly so you know that every single week you're going to receive a check and if you can start working in january you might have the chance to work all throughout our operations until july um so that those are great opportunities that we have out there for everybody not only in the washington county but all throughout our state all right, we're talking with Coralise from the U.S. Census Bureau. She's only going to be here another 10 minutes or so, so we're going to hold off on phone calls for a few minutes and, and uh, just kind of get as much information as we can from her before she has to take off. Uh, I, I was telling somebody about this job, and, and uh, it, was, it was a woman, and she said, well, I don't know if I want to go door-to-door and, and knock on doors. It, it doesn't sound very safe to me. What would you say to someone that says that? Um, well, Safety is uh, the biggest concern for us at the Bureau with our enumerators. Um, So what we... During training, we explain to them what are the do's and don'ts of their job. And if they don't feel safe, mm-hmm. we we have instructed them to end operations and leave at another time. Um, we don't want anybody to feel unsafe. We do coordinate with... Um, with the police that we're going to have enumerators in the area for Mm. those days or those weeks. Um, So in case they, you know, feel unsafe, the best thing is for them to just end operations and leave because that's more important for us. And then we'll see how we can work in that neighborhood or how we can work together to just ensure them that they're going to be safe. So for us, that's just really important. And I would say to people that, we're going to send them to work in their own neighborhoods. Um, that's why we're hiring so many people. So they know their neighborhoods. They know the hours that are the best hours to work. 
So we encourage people from their own from their from the community to work with us because they're going to help us in their own community. I will not uh, send you to work in Davis County if you live in Washington right. County. I'm not going to send you to Moab if you live here in St. George. You are going to be working here in your own neighborhood and you know how your neighborhood is. So we encourage people from the community to just apply because they're going to be working in their own community. Now, ideally, you'd like everybody to go online and fill out the census when it when it's ready to go, uh, but that doesn't necessarily happen, and that's why you need people. That's why you need help, right? Yeah, and also um, our state has very uh, um, our state is it's very peculiar because we have very rural areas. Mm-hmm. We have places that don't have a mailbox or places that are hard to get. Mm-hmm. So that's why we need people. Um, that's why we need those enumerators to go to those houses and help our neighbors to fill out the questionnaire. Um, not only they do it with people that haven't um, that live in rural areas, but maybe you didn't fill out the questionnaire online, and or maybe you did it over the mail. But we're going to go and visit you to make sure that you completed it. And we also do quality control. So even if you complete the questionnaire online, there is a slight possibility that we might visit you. Mm-hmm. And also it's it's important for people to know that the Census Bureau doesn't only do the decennial, which is this questionnaire we're having next year, but we conduct different surveys every single week. So every single week we have different census employees across the country doing other surveys. So Hmm. there might be a visit if you are part of another survey. Uh, There might be a visit from one of us in your house asking about unemployment, health issues, because we, the Census Bureau is also... um, the statistician of the nation, and we gather data for other government agencies. So why is why is the census important? And I, I know this is right up your alley, and you're going to explain it to me, but I think a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's just dumb. You know, why, why would I even bother with that? The census, it's important because every single uh, aspect of economic growth and development in our nation depends on census data. Uh, the the most obvious reason is uh, representation in Congress. Today is election mm-hmm. day. So not only representation in Congress, but also representation locally. Uh, our state uses our data for redistricting, uh, not only for, um, for politics, but also for schools. So Today is a very good day to be reminded why the census is important, but not also that. We're talking about $675 billions of dollars that mm. are distributed every year all throughout the nation. And that money affects more than 200 federal programs. So we're talking that, let's say that here in, in the community of St. George, uh, there has been a huge growth in the past three years. And it sure has, yeah. We might need more schools. We might need more Head Start programs. We might need a new highway. Hmm. Uh, we might need a new police station, a new hospital. Maybe a private organization wants to do a grocery store or a convenience store. Where do they go? They use the census data for all of that. That's why it's so important. Maybe your station is looking to expand to another county. You're going to look at census data and you're going to say, hey, you know what? In the census, it says that there are more citizens here and that there has been a growth in the past two years. Let's do something in another county. So for everything that that uh, has to do with growth and development, the census data is used. So that's why it's so important for us to complete it. 
Yeah, growth is is a big one, and obviously we've had explosive growth here in in Utah, and in particular here in southern Utah, and it's mm-hmm. something that, that we need to make up, up on. By the way, last uh, last census from 2000-2010, uh, Nevada was the fastest-growing state in the United States. It'll be interesting when the new data comes out if Nevada is still the, the growth king. I, I know Utah's going to give it a run for its money because we've been growing uh, like oh, crazy yeah. here in Utah. And then the other thing you mentioned there at the end was uh, was business decisions. Uh uh, you know, say you say you are an investor for a grocery store. I've always wanted a Winco down here in Southern Utah. <laughs> we don't have one down here. Uh, you might you might take the census numbers and go, okay, here's where the growth is, here's where the biggest population is, and here's where I should put my store. Uh, that's something you don't even really think about with the census, you know. But but that's that's huge. Yeah, and our government and private organizations they look at that data. For example, um, I have uh, I have children, and in my area, I was in a wait list for early Head Start and Head Start for two years mm-hmm. because in my area there was an undercount with children, and the Head Starts around where I live didn't have uh, the resources to take more children, and it affects us all, and it might affect us um, like right now but it's going to affect us in the next 10 years so if we don't complete that right we're going to be uh we're going to have the uh, a a not fair share of federal funds for Mm -hmm. the next 10 years and we should not wait 10 years for that we have the opportunity now in the last census in 2010 just 75% of Utahns completed the questionnaire hmm. meaning that one in every four did not so one in every four people are being affected by not receiving the fair share of federal funds and our state is suffering by that and we need to make sure that for next census and I hope we can do the we could be the first state with a 100% count but at least do a better count because our state has been growing so much yeah and we need that fair share of federal funds for all of us and the future of our state. All right. T- talk about online. Now, isn't this the first census where you're going to be able to fill out your forms online? This is the first time ever that the Bureau will have the census online. And um, it's amazing because we're going to have the census available in 13 languages online oh, wow. and over the phone. So not only English, those other 12 languages, people are going to be able to call in and answer the question, the questions in their own, uh, in their own language. And it's really cool because you can be anywhere in the world and you can complete the, the questionnaire. You could be on an airplane, you could be on vacation in Cabo, anywhere. And you can just go and complete the questionnaire um, you can start completing the questionnaire since uh, starting March 12th until July 31st. The census is going to be online for everybody to answer. And it's easier, it's faster, it's secure. It's just nine questions. If you have, if your household has more than one person, it's going to be more than nine questions because you have to fill out the other questions for the rest of the family members. But it's not going to take you more than 10 or 15 minutes to complete it. And hmm. those 10 minutes are going to help shape the future of our state for the next 10 years. So it's really important for everybody to complete it online. And it's easier and it's better than having somebody come to your house. Yeah. Um, also, you can complete it over the phone. If for any reason you get the um, questionnaire after you completed the questionnaire online or over the phone, you can just dis- you can just not uh, fill that out because you already did. Um, and we're looking for people to complete it online. Yeah, it'd that, be great. Yeah, yeah, it's easier. And then you know we don't have to. Um, 
people tend to answer the questions uh, truthfully when they do it by themselves versus having someone in your house um, asking you all these questions. So we are really looking forward for everybody to complete that questionnaire online. April 1st next year is the official census day, the observation of census day, but uh, obviously we'll be, uh, you'll be hiring people, training them, getting them ready so that they can go out and, and, uh, and gather the numbers. Uh, I know you've got to go. She's got a family emergency she's got to get to, but uh, we appreciate you coming in for a few minutes today. Uh, again, the website one more time before we let you go. 2020census.gov slash jobs. Mm-hmm. 2020census.gov slash jobs. Okay. Coralise or Coralise. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, Thank you so much, anyway. Andy, for having me. And I hope that everybody can log into our page, again, 2020census.gov, and they mm-hmm. can read more about the census, and they can also check out the different job opportunities that we have. All right. Thank you so much for coming in. It was great to talk to you. I know you're going to actually come back tomorrow and talk to uh, some of our program directors here at at Cherry Creek. So thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you, Andy. Still trying to get used to this whole daylight savings thing. I guess we're actually technically back to daylight standard time now. So this is how it's supposed to be, right? Isn't that the deal? But, uh, yeah, it, it does mess with your body clock for... An amount of time, I can tell you that. It's 9.32. This is News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for joining me on the program today. Again, we had Coralise Ruiz, Ruiz, excuse me, Coralise Ruiz on the show. She's originally from Puerto Rico and has been, obviously, a, a, just about a life, uh, lifetime uh, citizen of the U.S. But uh, it was uh, fun to talk to her about the U.S. Census. Uh, again, we had one of her associates on the on uh, the Chamber of Con- Commerce luncheon a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she hooked me up with Coralise, who uh, is uh, actually lives up in uh, up in the Ogden area, Layton, I think it is, and uh, she comes down uh, quite often to St. George to do presentations. And uh, right now, she's hiring; she's going to be doing all kinds of interviewing of uh, folks. And uh, it sounds like a really uh, kind of a cool job, you know, uh, decent pay, uh, and uh, safety first. Uh, they'll pay you to train you. It's temporary, only lasts a few, a couple of months, two or three months. But man, uh, not not a bad deal. In fact, uh, I'm not I'm not going to lie. Might try to do a few hours on the weekend or something. Could be fun. Anyway, uh, well, we've turned into open line Wednesday today with Coralise having to leave, and uh, so we'll go ahead and take some phone calls. Six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number. Six seven three five eight ninety for our KDXU studio line. Let's go right to the phone. Seth is on. Seth, how are you this morning? What's the difference, uh, what's the opposite antonym of uh, saving? Uh, spending, I guess, right? Or wasting. Wasting, yeah. Yeah, so uh, daylight wasting time. <laughs> yeah, for why sure. Why can't we, uh, Ben Franklin invented that. Why can't we uninvent it? Yeah, you know what? In Arizona, they've got the, and Hawaii are the two states in the U.S. that do not observe daylight savings time. And I like it. I think we should just stick with one system and, and, and leave it there. And surprisingly, uh, our um, waking and sleeping cycles and melatonin and all that, uh, I've talked to several people that are having trouble with this hour, just a little hour. And, of course, jet lag and all of that kind of thing. Suddenly we're doing things at times that we 
uh, gotten used to and our body is habitual and uh, so it's sort of frustrating to try to uh, understand uh, why and of course I understand Ben Franklin and what he had in mind but I think the situation is somewhat changed now and I think we ought to just leave it alone. Yes, I'm with you on that one. It's a whole new world. We've evolved, and I don't think we need to be messing around with the time, you know, resetting clocks and garbage like that. Let's get rid of it. That's right. So, um, first things first, I would like to comment about the the census, but I would like to make a public announcement that the farmer's market has closed, of course, for the year, Mm -hmm. and uh, we are going to set up a new farmer's market uh, at... Afrigato, it's a coffee shop that used to be in the old theater that was on 1000 East that many of us spent a lot of uh, time watching movies there. It's a strip mall, and there's a a business, I think it was a nightclub in there, and we're going to be setting up at 4 o'clock in the evening on Wednesday, every Wednesday from now on, as long and I think we're going to have two of them. We're going to have one during the growing season where we were at uh, Ancestor, and then starting tomorrow evening at 4, we're going to have those farmers that still have things to uh, sell, the bakers and the craftsmen and stuff, will be set up inside that operation that used to be the old theater east of um, Motel 6 up on the Turtle Trail. Oh, up, up top. Okay. Well, you know, I I, uh, I went to the Women's Expo. My wife dragged me to the Women's Expo on Saturday, and one of the bakers, and I can't, I can't remember their names right now, but uh, they make these little mini pies, and uh, they were it was right toward the end of the thing, and they were on clearance, and, man, I, they made these pumpkin cream pies that were unbelievable. I know they're not good for me, but, man, they were amazing. And they're part of your farmer's market, so uh, hopefully they they'll... They are, and, and I think Petite Pies, I think, is the name of them, and, and you know, the people that haven't got uh, tender crops out in, like the flowers and the herbs and things that are uh, brought from outside the area, um, uh, that, that's done. But many of us do things uh, associated with it that we can do year-round. So, are the ducks uh, still in laying the future, eggs? There's going to be two opportunities, Wednesday evening, and then uh, I understand that it, there might even be a storefront on St. George Boulevard and we're having to work through that with the performing arts and all of that in the same location, but the farmers are going to be running the cash registers and and taking care, and that's, you know, in the in the works, and I don't mean to get into anybody's business about that. Well, I, uh, I, I'll tell you, Seth, I love farmer's markets. I love what you guys do. Uh, for one of the first things we did when we, uh, we made a trip to Hawaii a couple of years ago, one of the first things we did was find out if they had a farmer's market. They did indeed have one, and we were able to go there and experience some of the uh, insider joys of Hawaii at the Hawaiian, the, the Kauai Farmer's Market. So I, well, I, I, think the, I think the mayor is all on board and the like, and, and this is something that, that our community, Cedar has two or three of them. Hmm. And they're a much smaller community, and, and the weather is atrocious. You're <laughs> playing your goods at zero in a blizzard. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's not conducive. So this is the first horse. We're going to be indoors. It's going to be comfortable and uh, well-lit and uh, out of the elements. All right. Commercial over, but 4 o'clock tomorrow, folks, if you want to check out the new farmer's market. There you go. I would like to mention about the uh, census. Um um, I wish uh, that we could uh, talk and interview these people a little better. 
And the bottom line, I read my Constitution very carefully. The only thing these people need to be asking us is where do we live? And, uh, you know, if we're a citizen of the United States, so we can be counted. And every other bit of information is none of your business. And you're invading my privacy and you're providing your data mining. And if you really want to do the census, uh, just go up to Bluffdale and walk into the NSA facility and they know everybody because that's their job. Hmm. Okay? So as far as I'm concerned, when a census worker approaches me, I'm going to tell them my name and where I live and that I'm a citizen of this country, and that will be the extent of the information they get from me. All right. One of the other questions, how many people live in your residence? Are you going to answer that one? Well, my wife and I live in our residence, and I, I wouldn't mind. You know, she's currently away. Well, she'll be back from Thailand, but um, she will be there, too. And then as a citizen of the United States, she's obligated and has committed. She has taken the oath of office to defend the country, which most people haven't done. Hmm. Have you taken an oath that, if needed, you go to war? Well, I don't think so. I did register for the draft when I was 18 years old, so I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But. Uh, I, I don't think it does, but as a nationalized citizen and going through the testing and, and at great expense and all that, part of her oath was that she would defend the country with her life. Hmm. So I consider national uh, nationalized citizens um, to be super um, citizens because they take a so sacred oath of office that I took when I entered the military. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I... Okay, so um, yes, uh, but uh, I really would prefer that we would stick to what is specified in the Constitution. And don't come demanding that you know how many times I go to the toilet and how many <laughs> toilets I have and if I have yeah. Wi-Fi. And yeah. the list goes on and on. And until people say, wait a minute, enough is enough. Hmm. Amen. I will Amen. jump off my okay. uh, sushi uh, box right <laughs> now and land on the, on the hard ground. Okay. Thanks for the call, Seth. Got people on hold. Appreciate talking to you today. Let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy on Open Line Wednesday. How are you? Good morning, Andy. I'd like to continue the conversation about the census since uh, sure. that's what we started with. Uh, you know, Seth made some important points, but I'd just like to go back to the, the requirement for the census is in the Constitution. It's Article 1, Section 2. Sure. And it has one purpose. And that purpose is to enumerate, and you notice your guests use that. We're, we're, we're sending out enumerators. We're sending mm -hmm. out counters. Right. And we're going to count heads. And we're going to find, that's the only legitimate question they can ask you. How many people live in this household? Mm -hmm. Four. Okay, thank you very much. And on they go. And so everybody should be a little troubled by the fact that we're going to do it in 12 different languages. Yeah. The purpose, I... the purpose for this counting is for... House of Representatives, how many your state is going to have to represent the number of citizens that live in Utah? Right. And she also continued to talk about all of this largesse, all of this free money that we're going to miss out on if we don't 
uh, if we don't give it, give them all this information so that they can use it to crunch the numbers and figure out how much free stuff the state of Utah is going to get. Andy, did you notice a couple of days ago, if you go to um, usdebt.gov, that's our debt park, and right. it's an amazing thing to witness. It, it's The amount of information there is unbelievable. But we just passed $23 trillion, trillion. Dollars in debt. Yeah. Every month, our government spends billions of dollars more than they take in. So all of this free money that the census is going to provide for us is borrowed money. It's money that's, that we're hanging an anchor on our kid's neck. I wish we would stop playing the game of just going along with whatever somebody presents to us and start challenging some of these things. The census has one purpose, to count citizens so that we can determine how many House of Representatives the state of Utah gets, period. All the rest of this is just government growth. It goes back to the question that I bring up a lot of times, the proper role of government, whether it's your city or whether it's the federal government. Andy, what we're doing with this census is so far outside the Constitution, I can't believe that we, we go along with it. Seth is right. Answer the one question and then send them on their way. And that one question is, how many citizens live in this house? Period. Now, there was a, a few months ago, uh, President Trump had proposed that we put, are you a U.S. citizen on the census? Uh, and, uh, of course, the Democrats freaked out and ended up uh, making, a, making a, a big stink. And, and it ended up, you know, he ended up dropping that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't even know why that's a question. That's exactly what the Constitution says. Mm-hmm. It says you must be a citizen in order to count for the representation that we're going to get. So... I don't even know why the Republicans, and certainly why the president, even allowed that to be a stumbling block. It's not relevant. That is a, uh, the question that should be asked is how many citizens live in your house, period. Yeah. And so, again, we the citizens have failed to defend our Constitution and our liberty, and we do it daily. And I just don't understand the, my fellow citizens when are they going to start standing up and defending their rights, their liberty? What, uh, what, what would you propose? I mean, clearly there are, are illegal citizens, Ill- illegals living in amongst us. Uh, yes. th- I mean, we, we want to be able to know how many there are, but the, of course, if you ask a question, they're not going to answer because they're afraid they're going to be in trouble. I, I guess, I guess, my question is now: how, how do we figure out how many of them there actually are in the United States? Is there any way we can do that? Well, there is, but I don't know that that's really relevant. Yeah. The, the more important question is: um, why do we allow employers to provide jobs to mm-hmm. people who are here illegally? If the employers were held accountable for hiring all of these people that shouldn't be here, if they were held accountable, all of these people would deport themselves. Because if you don't have a job, if you don't have the ability to feed yourself and send money back to your your home country, they would leave. And how many (laughs) hypocritic politicians hire illegals to run their households and things? It happens all the time. And we put up with it. Yeah. We are the dumbest people in, on the planet, I think, Andy, <laughs> if you look at all. If you, and I don't, I'm, I'm actually serious. Um, you know, dumb, maybe it's just that we're so ignorant 
that we don't really even understand uh, our legacy, who we really are. You know, as American citizens, our founding fathers freed us from tyranny. And every day we take another link of the chain and strap it across our back. Mm. Yeah, I, I just, and, and I, I don't know. I mean, I understand what you're saying as far as ignorance and, and maybe not sometimes dumb, but I think it's it's a little more complicated than that. I mean, we all have in us, I think there's inside us we want to help the, the downtrodden. That's part of who we are too. And that we get that confused with, you know, doing what's, doing what's right, uh, you know, doing what's correct. Uh, I think there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of conflict inside of us when it, when it comes to this topic. Well, we are the most generous people on the planet. Really, Americans are the most generous. When there is a need somewhere in the world, we are the first ones there. And so it really isn't about our heart. Our heart's in the right place. The problem is our government is going to, they have become the, uh, the, the benefactor of all the needy. And they've done it by taking your money out of your pocket yeah. and giving it to somebody. You know, if you go back 100 years, most of these things didn't exist. And people were still helped. Uh, the American people have always been generous. They've always been kind and helpful to our neighbors, always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as time has gone by, uh, the more and more the government gets involved, the less and less people feel that it's necessary to help. Oh, well, the government has a program for that. Well, the problem is the government doesn't have any money to pay for it. Right. They're putting it on your credit card. How do you feel about that? The government program is take money from me and give it to them. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. That's not charity. That's no. slavery. <laughs> when you, yeah. it, it is. Yeah. When, you, when you are the, the benefactor of someone, when you're the government handing out checks, that person is completely dependent on the government for everything, and the government loves that primarily the left, but, you know, the Republicans are getting pretty good at it, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, i, I got to get a break in. Thank you for the call today. Great to talk Thanks, to you. Andy. You bet. When, when you know, most of my career, by the way, uh, my most of my professional career, I've been an independent contractor, and it's a whole different way you do taxes and everything. And I mean, obviously, I paid taxes, but it wasn't get a paycheck and immediately look at how much money comes out of your paycheck. And uh, so when I started here uh, as a my first really full time job in a long time, uh, and I got my first couple of paychecks, I was shocked. I was literally shocked. Not literally, that would hurt. I was figuratively shocked that at how much money was coming out of my paycheck. And then and, and I look around and I see people that I know, people that I'm related to that are that are pardon the expression, sucking off the government teat and I and, and I think, well now I know how they're doing it. They're taking this big old hunk of my paycheck to help these other people and i want to help people you know and if they asked me for help i'd help them but uh you know he's right they're not asking they're just taking it's at 950 on news radio 94.9 890 kdx we'd love to hear from you 673-5890 do need to get a commercial break in though do want to thank uh, joe shoney he's a local loan consultant focusing on customer service in southern utah for more than 25 years Go online and read the reviews about Joe Shoney. Uh, Socialsurvey.me is a uh, a review website, and he averages 4.91 out of 5 stars on uh, Socialsurvey.me, including, uh, this is Grant. He says, I can't say enough wonderful things about the service I was provided by Joe at New American. Let's uh, go down a little further. This is Patrick and Cedar said, Jonah's team were excellent, and despite that, 
being a very high review, I don't feel it does them justice. He wanted to give them more than five stars. He said five stars wasn't good enough. Uh, and this is Matthew. Matthew says, great job, Joe. Simple and painless. Uh, Joe and his team were outstanding. Easiest home loan process I have ever experienced. So get a hold of Joe if you're looking to refi or whatever it is you might need in the loan industry. Joe will uh, take care of you. His phone number is 435-590-6300. His email, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Welcome back to the program, 954 on News Radio 949 890 KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. This is the Andy Griffin Show. We've got about five minutes left. If you want to call 673-5890, the phone lines are wide open today. We did have a guest on earlier, but uh, Coralise Ruiz had to leave, had a family emergency, but she was on for about 15 or 20 minutes. It was great to talk to her. We were talking about the U.S. Census, and uh, if you want to go to uh, U.S. Census, and uh, and uh, get a job. They they're paying pretty well, thirteen to seventeen dollars an hour. You can be an enumerator, help them uh, for the people that don't fill out the census. Basically, what you do is you'll be going out and uh, you'll be uh, uh, going door to door and enumerating, asking people uh, the census questions, the ones that uh, the ones that maybe didn't didn't get uh, counted or didn't fill out their forms. There's also supervisor jobs, trainer jobs. They got all kinds of jobs there. Uh, so uh, yeah, check it out. Twenty twenty census dot gov is the website and uh, .gov slash jobs too if you're looking for a job or if you just want to learn more about it. I actually uh, got on uh, earlier today and last night on their website and, and learned a lot about the U.S. Census and uh, what it is and what it's for, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. So uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. What's on your mind today? Oh, I love this weather. Isn't it beautiful? It is beautiful. We could probably use some rain at some point, but it is beautiful. Rain? What's that? <laughs> I don't remember. It's we, been a while. We haven't had rain since the middle of June. Yeah. Anyway, I enjoyed that last call. Uh, he's a pretty knowledgeable guy. I like people like that to call in and give us some good information. One of the things we need to remember is that this promised land is exactly what it states in the Scriptures, that. The people of this land, if they remember God, keep his commandments, then he will protect this promised land. But, as we can see in our society, that has changed. And we cannot cannot change the hand of God when it comes to uh, rectifying the situation in this promised land. So we're just heading down that path. But those that are... Those that are doing the best they can and and serving God and loving their fellow man, this will always be a land of promise, a blessed land. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I will say this. I think at times, unfortunately, some of this land resembles more Sodom and Gomorrah than it does the promised land because of the behavior of of mankind. I mean, you look just 110 miles from here is uh, is Las Vegas, and yes, you know, there's there's some pretty pretty nasty stuff going on in, in that I talked, I yeah. talked with a very prominent uh, federal lawyer who, who works here in, in St. George, and he said, unfortunately, about one-eighth of our land, our promised land, is owned by China. And he said that China is one of the biggest threats to our, our uh, national security. Yeah, that's, what... that's, his, that's his thought. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the problems with being a capitalist society in a free country is uh, the Chinese want to come in and buy some land. We have to let them, right? I mean, that's right. That's that's what's happened. Yeah. All he, right. he told me that that's what to watch for. <laughs> All right. Th- thanks for the call. I appreciate it today. Good to talk to you. I didn't want to finish up. We've only got about two minutes left. I did want to finish up with an interesting story. So uh, much has been made about the protests that a lot of these uh, athletes say, you know, oh, you, you win a championship of whatever, you get to go to the White House. And over and over again in the last uh, couple of years, uh, almost three years now, uh, we've had athletes, oh, I'm not going. I, I don't want to talk with Donald Trump. He's, I, I don't like him. He, you know, I don't like his hair, whatever. He, he's, he, he'll tweet something bad about me. I don't want to go. Uh, and so uh, when the Washington Nationals, hometown team there in Washington, D.C., won the uh, World Series, there were, uh, I think, three guys, two or three guys that were like, nah, I don't, I don't want to go there. Anthony Rendon, who, by the way, is not a U.S. citizen, neither is Victor Robles, and then Sean Doolittle were among the players who did not want to go. They're like, nah, I don't, I don't want to go meet this president. But uh, instead of making a big deal about that, well, the media tried to make a big deal about that, but instead the, the story that was kind of grabbed by the populace on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, was a story of a guy by the name of Kurt Suzuki. Kurt, who is a, uh, I think a second or third generation American. His family uh, came from uh, Japan to America. Uh, he was a catcher on the Nationals team, and uh, he has stolen the show. Why did he steal the show? Because he went to the White House willingly, gladly, and while he was there, he doffed he donned, he bore his MAGA hat. Listen to this. I love you all. Thank you. What a job he did. I didn't know that was going to happen. Kurt Suzuki wore his Make America Great Again, his red MAGA hat, and uh, he got out there and he said, I'm proud of this country and I'm proud of this president for helping to make the world a safer place. And uh, it was kind of cool to see that. Now, it wasn't the media that grabbed a hold of this. It was the populace. It was us. We wanted to see that video over and over again. We wanted to see. We wanted to hear it. We wanted to feel it. And it's, it's refreshing to have someone actually support our president. Crazy, but good.